Hi, hey, hello everybody, FPLTJ here, bringing you Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 3 up next. The second of the premium team's reviews will see how Liverpool took the lead against an Aston Villa side, this time with yet another bag of tricks under Unai Emery, but this time round, Liverpool wising up by dominating key areas, despite not dominating the ball in order to achieve victory. Aston Villa. The saying is same same but different, with Unai Emery's 4-2-2-2 creating a box midfield that managed to bypass Man United's defence and at the same time falling slightly short against Brighton. The nuance is in their personnel, where Dendonka, I believe, started against Man United this time round. Jacob Ramsey was installed into the box against Brighton, but this time, Buendia and John McGinn were part of the box that occasionally morphed into a flat 4-4-2. The tactical brief here for Aston Villa's midfield 4 to be a lot more wider was simply to counter the runs of Liverpool's best attacking assets, their fullbacks. Buendia did a relatively decent job on Trent Alexander-Arnold, just putting him off really to prevent him from making crosses from deep, while John McGinn on the right side had a relatively arduous task, tracking Robertson's runs all the way to the byline, sometimes becoming a second right back alongside Ashley Young. The result? Aston Villa being a lot more direct than usual, playing a lot of balls over the top basically from the right side or the left, and it just came down to the quality of the cross that determined how well each player could finish. From the right side, the brief was more straightforward where McGinn used his trademark left foot in-swingers to either chip balls over the top for Ollie Watkins to run onto and shoot first time, if not, playing in Leon Bailey on the right side that required a little bit more ingenuity to break past Liverpool's defences. On the left side, Buendia was more of a facilitator role exaggerating the advantage they had on the right side in the first half, later on bringing on Lucas Dean in the second half really, and that 15 minutes of dominance between the 45th and the hour mark was exactly what they needed to bring about Watkins' equaliser. So the question begs, is Oli Watkins viable for FPL investment? As a replacement potentially for Alexander Mitrovic, after game week 19, Villa have two home games on the horizon with Leeds and Leicester rocking up at Villa Park. The idea here is that since moving from Brentford, Ollie Watkins has not really altered his nature in terms of how he operates in the final third. Playing on the numbers game, he basically has to shoot and shoot and shoot again in order to get exactly what he wants. The question comes down to how high his ceiling will be because after he gets his goal going, he usually goes on a streak, at least within the game itself. That being said, with attack and defense relatively unattractive FPL-wise, it has to be said that attacking Villa is a completely different story. Having employed the same high backline against Liverpool as well as Brighton last game week, Spurs rock up next at the London Stadium and it really plays into the hands of Son as well as Kulusevski if you own either one.
Liverpool, Liverpool. The 4-3-1-2 without uh, Firmino basically morphed back into the orthodox 4-3-3 with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain playing on the left wing. Having forced into playing extremely difficult and high-intensity 1-2 pass combinations in the final third, Liverpool's attackers thrived in more controlled situations such as set pieces and free kicks. Robertson in particular, whose corners are well taken care of, really saw a lot of the second phase of free kicks and corners come to the fray. I do not recall an outside-of-the-boot pass to another outside-of-the-boot pass in order to set Salah up for a goal, but wow, that was something where Trent had the ball in the centre and the entire field in front of him for the first time in a very long while. So it goes to show that given these Liverpool player qualities, Klopp has basically decided to maximise the individual attributes of each one going into different matches. Darwin Nunes, for example, making all those selfless near-post runs in the opening stages of the season itself, now worked the channel's Harry Kane style, really, breaking off the back line just to thrive off first-time Liverpool passes all the way to the corner flag if necessary, really. And fortunately, working with Robertson on the left side to create a few guilt-edged chances for himself, which he unfortunately didn't connect with. Similarly, Robertson's scalloping runs, Salah's chances on the counter, all were things that we have seen before. And what we care about, at least in terms of FPL, is what is reliable moving forward. It has to be said though, that Liverpool's control of games was relatively shaky, at least in this match, despite having the three most senior players in central midfield. The lack of injection of pace, missing Harvey Elliott or Curtis Jones, really meant that Liverpool had to rely on late substitutes, such as Elliott himself, if not Bacetic, to break into the Liverpool box while overloading certain areas, if not at least causing chaos for Villa to consider. This implies that despite having relatively winnable fixtures such as Leicester, Brentford, Brighton and Chelsea up next, it is difficult to convincingly tell people that Liverpool will absolutely warrant a performance that requires you hiding behind the couch. Salah, Nunes and Cole will continue to have chances, but they will not look as imperious as what we see, at least compared to what Arsenal and Man City have been doing in recent games. The nature of these goals scored by Liverpool here through counter-attacks and set-pieces are going to be a huge determinant of the goals they score in the future. In terms of the size of the pie in FPL terms, the number of goals they score will be crucial here simply because Liverpool well, are not the same as the Suarez-Sterling combo that we saw multiple years ago under Brendan Rodgers that won 5 to 6 nil by taking the lead early and then bashing teams through. There are two ways to interpret contests like these. Um, on one hand, you can say that Emery deserves credit for coming up with a plan to stifle Liverpool here, bringing and forcing the best out of Liverpool's players. At the same time, you can also credit Klopp for designing a system to maximise the talents of his best players in the first place. Without changing a successful formula, we know now that Liverpool are definitely a results team. The question comes down to how emphatically 
they win. And that remains to be seen, perhaps with Leicester up next. Relatively porous Leicester up next. A very good litmus test. This is FPL teacher who will reveal Arsenal's 3-1 win against West Ham up next.